0: You must be at least 18 years of age to listen to the following podcast. I am Robert Black, and you are listening to Sexual Heroes. My guest for this episode is Richard Wagner, Ph.D., ACS also known as Dr. Dick. He is a psychotherapist and clinical sexologist in private practice in Washington State. Dr. Dick has been a practitioner of sex therapy and relationship counseling for nearly 40 years. He has also been involved in all sorts of sex education and sexual enrichment projects. One such outlet is his online sex advice column that he's been writing for well over 20 years. During that time, it's been syndicated on a number of sites. His column and library of weekly podcasts can be found at drdicksexadvice.com. He also contributes to several other websites as a guest columnist. He is renowned for his long- and short-term seminars and workshops for healing and helping professionals, sexual minorities, as well as those living with and through prostate cancer, and women and men affected by sex abuse. He often speaks in the public forum on policy issues related to religion, human sexuality, aging, death and dying, and the clergy sex abuse scandal. Welcome, Dr. Dick. Thank you for joining me.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It's good to be had.
0: Your credentials, I noticed ACS.
1: Can you explain that for me? Yeah, ACS is American College of Sexology. Oh, tell me more uh, about that. It's uh, an accrediting Uh, organization, you know, like the American College of Pediatrics or the American College of Surgeons or whatnot. So this is the American College of Sexology. And uh, since there's no licensure for uh, sex therapists any place in the country, we look to organizations like ACS for accreditation or I guess accreditation is the best word. Mm -hmm.
0: It's a way to show your specialty. Yes. Why isn't sex therapy recognized as a specialty?
1: Because our culture is completely sex negative. To acknowledge that there is such a thing and that people could suffer from problems surrounding sexuality would be difficult. A lot of the other healing and helping professionals, um, doctors and psychiatrists and psychologists and things like that, you know, kind of look down on sexuality or sex therapy or sexology as, you know, the bastard child, uh, and that they think that they're much better situated to care for somebody with sexual problems, even though they have no training themselves. So it's just how it is.
0: It's kind of the chiropractic of the behavioral health field. That's right. Exactly that. How did sex become the focus of your career? Did it start there? What happened?
1: (laughs) What happened to you? What happened? What's wrong with you? What's wrong? Why are you like this? Well, as you know, um I was a Catholic priest. In fact, I'm the only Catholic priest in the world with a doctorate in clinical sexology, which explains why I'm no longer in the priestly saddle. I was uh, working in a high school Uh, in Oakland, California, back in the uh, mid-70s. And the religious community I belonged to could no longer staff the high school because we didn't have the vocations. And those of us who were at the high school were offered something else to do for our next assignment. And I wanted to do an upfront gay ministry. And they suggested that I write to the bishops in Oakland and San Francisco, which I did. And neither one of them were supportive. And in fact, they said, if you get too outrageous. I won't hesitate to come in and step all over you. So anyhow, um, my community said uh, that they would put me forward as a gay minister. And I said, that'd be great. Um, It was Odd, because the religious community was very conservative. So they said, well, but you have to get another degree because we can't put you forward as Father Wagner interested party. So I said, well, what kind of degree? And they said, how about a marriage, family and child counseling degree? And I said, well, isn't that the wrong model for gay and lesbians? And they said, Mm. oh, find something. And so I found the Institute for Advanced Study of Human Sexuality in San Francisco, enrolled there. Um... Took me three years to get through the program, and I wrote my doctoral thesis on the cognitive and affective dissonance of being gay and being a Catholic priest. I wrote about the sexual attitudes and behaviors of gay Catholic priests in the act of ministry back in 1981, before there was such a thing as gay priests, and uh, that blew me out of the water. So I was neither fish nor fowl. I could no longer act as a public minister because I was being punished by the church, and I was being silenced by the church, so I couldn't act necessarily as a sexologist. I couldn't write about sex. I couldn't talk about sex publicly and all that kind of stuff. So I cleaned houses for to support myself.
0: Are you religious today?
1: No. Good Lord, no. Not at all that. Good beast Lord. That was... <laughs> good Lord, no. Uh, no, that was beaten out of me. I, I fought the church for 13 years um, before they finally had their way with me, and that was such a brutal experience that I just had nothing. I have nothing more. I have not uh, an iota of religiousness left in me. I'm happy to report. So you were cleaning houses. Yes.
0: With this new degree, the knowledge. yes.
1: yes. And uh, um, all my clients were delighted that they, they had a domestic who was a Catholic priest and had a doctorate. So it was part of their cachet. It was kind of fun. So I was really distressed because worked so hard both to become a priest and to you know finish my doctorate. And I did with flying colors, and then it was all taken away in a twinkling of an eye. And so I was pretty depressed. -hmm. But at the same moment, interestingly enough, this was 1981, at that same moment, AIDS began in San Francisco. My attention was immediately switched from sexuality to death and dying um, because most of my friends died in the first wave of 81 to 85. And nothing in, in my training as a therapist or priest prepared me for anything about death and dying, which was curious. And so I was completely unawares and took me years of going from one death scene to a nest to figure it out. And I think I finally did and started a nonprofit organization that dealt with death and dying, helping people to have a good death and uh, wrote a book called The Amateur's Guide to Death and Dying and a children's book called Longfellow in the Deep Hidden Woods, which helps children uh, deal with bereavement and death. And so that has been my great passion since. I, I still enjoy talking about sexuality and curiously the the two big problems in our culture the two big taboos in our culture are death and sex so um, well situated <laughs> so going into a cocktail party or something like that I you know I can either clear a room by talking about death <laughs> or, or you know get people really enthusiastic if I talk about sex so there you have it.
0: well let's talk about sex today
1: <laughs> All right. All right, then.
0: We can come back another time maybe and talk about death and dying. Okay. <laughs> With your credentials, you were able to do therapy, psychotherapy.
1: Yeah. Why
0: not hang a shingle and start doing therapy?
1: I did that next, yeah. You know, in conjunction, I mean, you know, death and sexuality were so close together that I was able to jump back and forth, and it was worked out really nicely. And then I moved out of San Francisco in 99 and moved to Seattle. And shortly thereafter, I I wanted to do uh, more of the death and dying stuff, which there was no money for it. And some friends of mine at the time said, you know what we should do, Richard? And I said, no, what should we do? And he said, well, we should start shooting porn and make a lot of money. And then that money we could filter into your death and dying work. And I said, "Okay, let's do that. And so ah. that's where daddy O was born. Okay. And shortly after daddy O got started, then I had been since the late nineties, uh, writing a sex advice column that appeared uh, online at several different places. The first place was gay.com. I don't even know if gay.com is a thing anymore, but, and then that stopped and it, I was picked up by a bunch of other sites and those would stop, you know, just how, um, the internet was back in the aughts, and uh, and then I found that I needed to uh, start my own website, and so I started Doctor dot com, and I think that was in two thousand seven, still going strong today. You know, I still have a private practice. I have a couple clients now. Curiously enough, they're they're all very remote. There's one in Australia, and one in the UK, and one in um, on the east coast of the US, and keeps me busy, keeps my hand in the game, so to speak, as it were.
0: Originally, what drew you down that road of of the study of sexuality?
1: I realized, certainly when I was, you know, still in this church saddle, I realized that the Catholic Church in particular had a real problem about sexuality. Um, It was about the most sex sex negative organization around. Seems that way. Yeah. And so I thought, well, there's a problem here because humans are sexual. And I mean, I would sit for hours in confessional, you know, listening to the confessions of people, you know, as a young priest. And, you know, I found that, well, you know, people were having problems with sex and, you know, not not only just how to do it, but, you know, the shame and the guilt, even heterosexual sex you know, in the confines of marriage, people were experiencing those things. So I thought, well, this is silly. We need to rethink this. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, here I am a priest, and why not be somebody who starts a new conversation about sexuality? And, you know, I had all the background in theology, so, you know, I thought I would be able to wed those two things together. But they just couldn't, couldn't handle they? it. They couldn't handle it. You can't handle the truth.
0: <laughs> you... Also, have a column featuring reviews of sex toys. I do.
1: DrDickSexToyReviews.com.
0: Is there anything listeners might want to be aware of during this pandemic that might make solo sex more interesting? Because I, I have this funny
1: feeling <laughs> there's a lot more of that going on. Oh, gosh, yes. I'm glad you brought that up because a number of things that I really wanted to talk about during this downtime, I hear from people all the time and people write to Dr. Dick and, you know, say, you know, what's going on and here's my problem and I'm, you know, having this issue and whatnot. And people mostly tell me that they're frustrated because they are confined from having partnered sex with heterosexual and gay sex. And I said, you know, Instead of being upset that you are experiencing this uh, lull in your sexual expression with a partner, why not expand your sexual repertoire? And they, had, you know, look at me like what? And I said, well, you know, some folks are proficient, not experts by any means. In just one sexual activity. And I think that's really, really sad. There are very few sexual experts and, but the proficient folk, let's just say you and me, you and me, for example. And I thought, well, you know, if we expanded our sexual repertoire, people who, you know, are decent bottoms, oughtn't they take some time to work on being a good top? Somebody who is doesn't know shit from Shinola about being a good cocksucker. Wouldn't this downtime be a good time for you know learning something about that?
0: And sadly, there's plenty of those.
1: Oh, it's the truth. <laughs> it's the truth. Even in porn, you know. Oh,
0: I, 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 you're it, not kidding.
1: Oh my god, it's it's so distressing and so anyhow, so. Uh, one of the things that I tell people to do is use the search function in the sidebar of my site, drdicksexadvice.com, using the word, keyword tutorial, and there is a load of different tutorials finessing that ass fuck, a tutorial for a top, liberating the B-O-B within, which is big old bottom, within, a tutorial for a bottom. So you want to be a world-class cocksucker? The Art of a Humble Hand Job, Plug Your Hole in Three Easy Steps, a tutorial about using butt plugs, BDSM for Beginners, a former dominatrix guides you and your partner through some SM, Hmm. Eating Out at the Y, the Finer Points of Cunnilingus, Fair Fight Training, um, which is a tutorial for fighting with your partner without killing them. Another thing, even if you watch a lot of pornography, you'll notice that there's very few people who not know how to talk dirty That's Scandal, me. if you ask me. Is that right? Yeah. You don't know how? I, I'm very quiet. Oh, well, that, quiet is good. But talking and making no sense or being a cliche is better be quiet, especially <laughs> since you shouldn't talk with your mouth full anyhow. is my thought. So um, there's another tutorial called Talk Dirty to Me. Uh, the whys and hows of hot oral a u r a l sex. Mm-hmm. Very clear. Learn some new seduction techniques, um, and then there's stuff about sex and dating during the coronavirus. Uh, Twelve video chat tips from women in long distance relationships. There's a plethora of stuff on my website for people who are you know looking to uh, expand their uh, sexual repertoire and toys. A lot of the high-end toys nowadays are Bluetooth compatible. I have one of those. Do you? Uh Oh. So maybe you could tell us all about it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, so a a lot of them, uh, you can use your smartphone and you can interact with a partner on the other side of the globe if you want to. And these people, they can manage your uh, sex toy and... Um, you can manage their sex toy, and it's a barrel of fun. And that with Zoom or Skype calls and stuff like that, video chats. there's no reason for feeling poorly about oneself and learning how to masturbate again. I mean, a lot of the guys that I work with who have sexual problems, erection problems or ejaculation problems and stuff like that, the first thing that we examine, examine is the way they masturbate and almost inevitably you find that the guy with a problem grabs his dick and beats it like it owes him money <laughs> and uh, with a death grip and I'm yep. going, "Well, holy mackerel. Yeah. <laughs> you're going you're going to have a problem with partnered sex." Um and now, if you no, this already. person Would this person in therapy be showing you or
0: he's talking about it?
1: Talking about it. Oh, okay. I mean, some people want to show me, which, you know, I mean, if up for that, that's fun and dandy with me. Okay. So learning how to masturbate in uh, in a sort of way that will facilitate really good partnered sex later Mm-hmm. Or learning to incorporate your whole body into your masturbation. I mean, I understand that there's, you know, masturbation that, you know, to relieve sexual tension, you, you know, you do it in the toilet and, you know, and you're done in a couple minutes. Um, But, you know, that shouldn't be the extent of your masturbation, it seems to me. You know, why not spread that sexual energy around? And people who have a phobia about other parts of their body, their armpits, their asshole, whatever it is, you know, this is the time for sensitizing their body parts and um, with something pleasurable that they already know all about. And that's masturbation.
0: You know, I won an award for masturbating.
1: Did you? I did. I would. I would, I would. not second guess that. You were a champion.
0: Tell me about Daddy-O. I understand the inspiration for it now. Did you have any thoughts about how you would carve your niche in the market?
1: I did, because you know, when my when my friends said you know we should start shooting porn, I said, well, I'd do that, but it has to be really sex positive porn, or you know, it would undercut all of my adult life's work so far. And that was a difficult thing because there wasn't such a niche like that in the industry beforehand. I wanted to make sure that I captured the whole sexual experience. Like I never, oh, you knew this as, as well as any um, because you worked with us, but I insisted that we shoot real sexual response, not posing people, let them you know, interact for a bit Mm-hmm. and then pose them again another way mm-hmm. and let them interact a bit. I didn't do that I said let the cameras roll you guys have sex and it'll be our job to catch it and if we fail it's our failure not your failure so you guys go at it and pretend like we're not here which is a very difficult thing as you know um, mm-hmm. and uh, that was the thing and so you know we never did intense close-ups. What's the purpose of, you know, seeing a dick and an asshole like, you know, two inches away? I mean, is that how I mean? I never understood that. Honestly, I didn't. A reviewer said to me once, he said, you know, your movies, you show you show a lot about the, the person's face and you don't show, you know, that they're getting penetrated. And I said, you know what? I said, if you can't tell that they're being penetrated by looking in their face, then you've got a problem. Because the sexual manifestation of sexual pleasure should be all over the person's
0: face. It sounds like the way you did it, it's more voyeuristic. Like you're really looking in on people having sex.
1: Well, and I I hoped that people would be able to learn that, uh, like, I never insisted that the bottom, the guy being penetrated, have an erection. And that was anathema in, you know, in other studios. The other studios, you know, everybody had to have a stiff erection. Mm -hmm. But that's not how real sex works. I mean, if you have a real erection while you're being penetrated, fine and dandy. But it's not necessarily how it works. And so I wanted to show real sex, real people having real sex in real time, instead of posing and shooting and posing and shooting and stuff like that. Because it gives people the wrong impression about what sex is all about and the, people would say oh my god i could fuck for hours i said really i don't think so and sure enough you know they can't they said oh i i, I want to fuck like the guys in the in porno movies and i said right yeah mm. they don't even fuck like that because that's right. an illusion well
0: i remember doing a scene for daddy o i think i was in the back of a truck with some very hot daddy <laughs> Does Uh that sound familiar to you? Yeah, sure.
1: (laughs) I know it was fun. And I also took great pains in trying to populate my casts with different body types, different age groups, different ethnicities. Because, again, this was real. This is how real people had sex, as opposed to all gym bunnies, all buffed, mm-hmm. and you know, which is fine and dandy. But a little bit of that goes a long way. And after a while, it just gets excruciatingly boring, if you ask me.
0: <laughs> Daddio does not exist today, correct? It does or-
1: not. We haven't shot anything since about... 2011 but all of, all of the uh, we do have a website daddyo Productions or daddyocom and all of our movies are there you can watch them and there's trailers for the movies you can see the ever beautiful Robert black uh, <laughs> in all his glory I'm very proud of that stuff you know to this day, uh, thank you there have been times you know I've been at parties and you know, with a bunch of gay men uh, particularly younger gay men and this was back when I still lived in Seattle and uh, one young gay man came up to me and said, I understand you're a pornographer. And I said, well, in a word, I suppose, you know, um, uh, something bigger than that, it seems to me. But if you want to boil it down, that's a good word. And he goes, you know, that's the lowest of the low. Ugh. And I went, really? I said, so you don't watch porn? Oh, he said, I do. And I said, <laughs> <"So>... <laughs> what? How did... <laughs> How do you suppose this stuff gets to you? Even gay people, out and proud gay people, have problems with pornography. It's hard to
0: imagine. It is. You've reached out to people in many ways through writing, podcasts, public speaking, private practice therapy, making porn. What has been most rewarding for you?
1: Hmm. Anything that I interact with other people. I mean, the best, some of the best columns that I've written on my site came through correspondence with people who were anguished about something about their sexuality. And they poured their heart out to me, and I tried to respond in kind. And that was the best part of shooting porn was interacting with um, professional people like yourself, Robert, who were proud of what they did and who they were. I wanted to give them a forum in which to express themselves in the best possible way. So anything that involved other people, podcasts, you know, you and I did podcasts together, uh, two podcasts, their archives on my site. I did over 400 podcasts in like seven years and of podcasting, and I interviewed lots of porn stars and lots of people in the sex industry of one sort or another, and I was very proud of that. And again, interacting with other people in that crucible of human sexuality was the best part.
0: So where is most of your energy spent these days? Is it writing? Is it speaking? Therapy?
1: Therapy. Uh, not too much speaking um, because of COVID. Um, mm, oh, My right. classes. My classes. There's and, always Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> Do I have to. All, all of my remote um, therapy is done uh, via the internet. So if I somebody think...
0: did want private therapy now, they could yeah. contact you and yeah. set that up. Yeah. Great. Anything else you would like to share with listeners?
1: I would hope that people honor themselves honor their sexuality and try to embrace as much of their sexuality and their eroticism as possible. I know that this culture doesn't invite that, but I'm inviting you to do that. I'm inviting you to take a look at your sexuality and your eroticism and own it. And if you don't like what you see, change it. But starting from a good, healthy place about being happy and fulfilled with your sexuality will make a huge difference in your life and also in the lives of the people around you.
0: All right, well, thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Robert. To learn more about today's
0: guest and for links mentioned in today's episode, visit sexualheroes.com